Welcome back to another Encounter show. I'm here with uh, Pastor Callum Payton, who actually at one point, Callum, you can say hello. Hello. At one point, Callum, were you the youngest Elam pastor in Scotland or are you still? Or? Um, I, I certainly was for quite a long time and I might I might still be. Um, yes, it's a, I, I, I'm a pretty young guy. I'm 30, I'm 32. But I wow. started. Uh, I started as a pastor. When I was about twenty-two. So, wow. Callum's from a, a, a line of handsome, actually inappropriately handsome Christian men. I think it, it could be said that your dad and you and your brothers, it's inappropriate for Christians to be that handsome for those of you who can't see Callum. But um, you, you have an, uh, an anointed family. That's that's for sure. But. Um, yeah, uh, one of the reasons I got you on here, Callum, is because every time I talk to you, whether you mean it or not, you just stir up an atmosphere of faith and you just you build faith in me. And that's the po- whole point of this podcast was just to stir faith in people. And um, mm, yeah. I was just I was talking to you before we came on and hit record. And I, I was quoting a, a book, a guy called Larry Sparks. And he said, if we have low expectations for Christianity, we will continue to settle for low demonstration. And yeah, you, re- right. you really strike me as the sort of person who spends a lot of time with God. And so everywhere you go, you seem to manifest God in some sort of way. Um, and, I, and I know it's out of this intimacy, this relationship with Jesus. And I want to sort of almost put that disclaimer mm-hmm. out there first, that actually the whole point of these testimonies and stories is, is to spur you to get into God's presence you know but, um, absolutely t- tell, tell me about growing up in a Christian family um, a lot of people have these drug dealer testimonies where it's like oh yeah I was in prison I was on drugs and I got saved but you've got you've got an absolute blessing of this Christian heritage and grown up in an amazing Christian environment so why don't you tell us a bit about finding Jesus and carrying the Holy Spirit as a kid or a teenager or whatever it was for you Sure. Well, well, thanks for having me on, Steve. And likewise, I am just stirred by both you and Hannah. Okay. Um, just your faith, um, I, the, your openness to the Holy Spirit, your openness to God's voice. Um, it inspires me. It challenges me, and um, it builds me up every time. Every time I'm with you, so oh, come on. it's just great to get time with you. Um, yeah. So I grew up. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad's a pastor. Uh, as Steve said, uh, an inappropriately handsome pastor. Um, oh, he's like King Saul or something, in... isn't he? Without the seven foot he, high. Yeah. <laughs> he said. He says George Clooney. Yes, Defoe's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're there. A very short George Clooney. Oh. So I, um, yeah, grew up in a in a pastor's house. We were uh, kind of in, in an Elam church, Pentecostal church, very open to the Holy Spirit, and I. I grew up in that kind of environment of faith where my parents would encourage me and um, to, to go on with God. But I think for me, it was just God's blessing on my life. From a very young age, I just knew the presence of God. And so from when I was six years old, I was at a conference um, down wow. south. It was a kind of gathering together. I think it was AOG and Elam and a bunch of different Pentecostal folks who had kind of met together, who were open to the Spirit. And I remember leaving the kids' work really in a foul mood that I was having to go back into the main meeting. <laughs> and uh, I, I still remember the rebellion, the anger in my heart as I was walking up the corridor to go into this room. And the two doors at the back opened up and um, they were singing 
we want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across the land. Oh, classic. Which only old folks like us will remember now, Steve. Yeah. But the, the work, as I walked in to the room, there was such an environment of praise, mm. of worship, of lifting Jesus high. And I remember when the, the worship leader said, we're going to sing this one more time. When he said when he said that word, I, I, all I can all I can say was I was filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment, wow. like in an instant. Um, six years old. And I, yeah, I was six years old, and I knew in an instant. I mean, I just I, I it wasn't marked by speaking in tongues. It wasn't marked by anything but just a, a deep desire to worship and praise Jesus. That's all I wanted wow. to do, and wow. um, and I was dancing, shouting, screaming. It was like a physical overflow of what God had done in my life. And really, since that moment when I was six years old, I, I, that's never changed in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had ups and downs. I've kind of yeah. moved, you know, with God. But for me, the I've I've just continually felt His hand upon my life since that moment at six years old, and and it's been a real blessing to me. So whilst yeah, my parents were a blessing, and it was great to grow up in an encouraging environment where we were talking about spirit and faith and provision and faith journeys and that kind of stuff. Um, for me, the I just I'm so thankful and grateful to God that He did that for me at a young yeah. age. He, he He pulled me and sustained me. So, grew up in that kind of environment. I, I was very because of that experience, it opened me up to a kind of spiritual reality that I suppose I would have otherwise maybe been numb to or I wouldn't yeah. have seen. Um, I would I experienced a huge amount of spiritual warfare as a child and also as a teenager. Wow. Um, I would have like really kind of demonic dreams sometimes visitations when i was sleeping at night that weren't angels well uh, or at least good angels um <laughs> and uh, because I, I think partly because we were a family kind of the forefront of what god was doing in our region we just experienced the kind of warfare that i suppose a lot of people might not might not experience and so yeah, that's kind, of, kind territory of, for, of sorry that's like kind of territory for a pastor's kid isn't it to sort of experience spiritual warfare and you, you know your whole family take it on don't they absolutely and I, I often it's funny even for pastors kids who walk away from god mm. i've i've heard a couple of stories where people have walked away from god partly because of that so it's not that they don't re- recognize any more spiritual reality it's just that they had experienced such a maybe a, an oppressive wa- level of warfare as a kid that actually it's yeah they just don't want to step back into that yeah, and that's a funny thing. I mean, I I, I had I had such bad uh, dreams and things like that. I actually couldn't sleep without a light on until I got married at twenty years old. Wow. Um, so it was quite a constant thing for me, and I, I kind of learned in that season. You know, I would be praying regularly in tongues um, to build myself up and to step into warfare. God would be showing me things prophetically. Um, give me prophetic dreams that would come, kind of come to pass. I would be praying into areas like that from the age of eight, nine, ten into wow. my teens. And so I, and and I, I, what I would just say as well, because some people will be listening, going, "Oh, hey, that's you know, that's I want that." You probably don't. You probably <laughs> yeah. don't. You know, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't actually a lot of time that wasn't pleasant. It's not something I would recommend anyone chase after, uh, kind of like demonic experiences or anything like no, that. No, But for me, it probably was an overflow out of, out of my time with God and time in his presence. And as I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I, all I wanted to do was worship. So, so from six right through into my teens, I would regularly just be worshiping God in my bedroom, 
getting time with them. I, I learned piano. I would, as a teenager, I would spend maybe an hour an evening. Wow. Just in God's presence in my room, just worshiping. And and yeah, so so that's kind of, that was the environment I was brought up in. It sounds super holy. I wasn't always holy. <laughs> I, like love, love normal stuff, normal mates, all that kind of stuff. But but my but my connection with God remained pretty steadfast right through in, into my teens. So that was kind of the where I was, that's how I was brought up in that kind of spiritual environment. Yeah, and I think, I think I, I'm really glad you said that, Callum, because I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you're likely you're in a church, pray for your pastor's kids because they do, honestly, they, they see things, they have dreams, they, they'll have like prophetic things about the church, they will warfare and, you know, if the enemy's going to take a cheap shot at a pastor, he'll probably go after the kids as well, you know, so I'm glad you said that. So that's amazing. So you you were very spiritually aware, I guess we can say, as a even as a teenager, as a you know, as a young person. Um, was there any sort of defining moments or anything that stuck out where you, you know, almost saw something supernatural or spiritual? You're like, oh wow, Jesus, that that blew me away. I couldn't believe you did that or stepped in. You know, um, I'm thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, you go for it. You, you tell us, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. I think um, I've had several stories where I've seen God do some some really amazing things, actually. Um, yeah. And sometimes when we share these stories, we think it's like an everyday occurrence, and it's not. Yeah. And yeah. so just encourage people listening as well, because sometimes it's like you think in your normal life, oh, I hear all these stories, or you read the book of Acts, and you think, that should be happening to me every day. But the yeah. book of Acts had like years and months between That's these right. miracles. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't always an everyday experience. Yeah. Um, but certainly for me, I, I definitely... I found especially, I think because of my upbringing, because of the level of warfare that I was in, mm. I, I developed a gift of the sermon wow. from a young age and the sermon of the sermon of spirits and that kind of stuff. So, so for me, a lot of my experiences have been around um, that kind of demonic realm. Wow. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so what, one of the things I learned quite early on, and this sounds really weird, but... Um, but my my right leg um, would kind of feel hollow. Wow. Um, I would begin to feel hollow and feel numb, and I would get a, a boost of adrenaline. And whenever that happened, in fact, even to today, right now, it still happens. Whenever it happens, a hundred percent of the time, a demonic manifestation is about to take place in the next few minutes. So your leg is um, like a radar. It's for the for the evil spirits yeah. in the atmosphere, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Folks, folks listening, like uh, there's a there's an old heresy called dualism, where it's like our spirit is separate from our body, mm-hmm. but actually that's not true. Our um, our spirits and our bodies are together. You know, in the yeah. end, when we're with Jesus, we're going to have a body and a spirit, and and often I really think that God uses our bodies to speak to us, to talk to us. And when we learn some of these signs, it allows us to maybe move into some of these experiences and to expect what God's doing. It, it leads us in that way. So but one, of, one of the first times I experienced that when I was 16 years old and I was just going away to play badminton with my, my friends from school, unchurched, just normal. Yeah. We were, in Scotland, we were, we were called Neds, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, so... so <laughs> Everyone just, all the young people just play Call of Duty now, but it used to be, used to walk around in burgers, jackets, and climbing gear. Yeah. So we, so yeah, I went down to meet them at the bus stop, um, and we were just getting on the bus together. Before I got to the bus stop, I just felt my leg go hollow, and 
an immediate sense of danger. I started speaking in tongues, just praying in tongues. Um, and as I get to the bus stop, there's a guy who's standing there, he turns around and he just screams in this kind of really gruff, demonic kind of voice. Wow. You're a born again Christian. <laughs> and he shouts, he shouts it really loudly. It's just me and him at this bus stop. And that must have been right pretty scary. Face. Age 16, that must have really been scary. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I knew, I, I knew God was with me. I knew yeah, that there would be yeah. like a, like he, he had warned me. I knew what I was dealing with. He was right in my face though, and uh, he started speaking in a, and it was like a tongue, some mm. kind of weird tongue, and it was odd, all kind of odd stuff. And I'm sitting there praying in tongues. This guy's a lot older, bigger than me, wow. and um, and I, I feel. So I'm praying in tongues just as this interaction is going. It feels feels like a few minutes. It's just probably about 30 seconds. And um, I felt the Lord give me a word of knowledge that spoke right into a very sensitive situation. Whoa. Um, I said, I said to him, you should not have committed this sin. And I can't even name the sin because it's just not, it's not appropriate to name. I would never recommend anyone do this. <laughs> but, I, but it was almost like in an instant, the Holy Spirit just gave me a something. I spoke out. As soon as I said it, Mm. He he fell back on the ground, started writhing around, and he was screaming out, you know, like just screaming. It was wow. like he was in pain or something like that. Um, but it wasn't him. It was like, it was whatever the demonic was spirit the was yeah. inside him screaming. As, as as this happens, the bus comes up, and my <laughs> friends are like, their faces are against the window, just staring. You know, you could see their breath on the window. And they're looking out and they're trying to, they're like, what is going on here? And so like, I get, I basically just step over the guy, get on the bus, um, sit down with the guys. I'm like, what was that all about? And I'm like, I don't really have a category to be able to kind of, we're, we're operating in a different paradigm here. So yeah. I don't really have a way to kind of explain to them. They, they still, those, those friends, they still remember that to this day because it was that odd. Yes. They still yes. remember that experience. So so a few days go by and um i'm thinking that's a weird experience i had prayed about it all that kind of stuff felt okay um wow. i grabbed the local newspaper there's one line around on a table and i open up it's like page seven or something like that open up and there's a story with this guy's face on it oh wow and it was to do with the sit it was to do with a crime he'd committed which was exactly the word of knowledge i had spoken oh, wow. Wow. Um, over that so, so I, th I think just sometimes these are, I mean, that, again, this, that kind of thing doesn't happen every day to me. No, uh, I know. They stand out for a reason. But as a 16-year-old, wow, that must have really drawn you closer to Jesus. You must have thought, whoa, I really hear from you, God. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Honestly, Steve, I think that I, I knew that anyway from my time with God more than that experience. Yeah. Um, the experience definitely builds your faith and it was a sense of like, hey, God, you're real. You can use young people. And even now, as I'm when I talk to young people, I'm saying, hey, God can use you. Yeah. You know, he really can use you. Mm. Um, it's not something I, I would ever go looking for, that kind of experience. Yes. But it's something that we should be ready for, right? Yeah. It actually is. I mean, C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape Letters, right. which is a great book on spiritual warfare. Yeah. He says there's two equal and opposite errors which our race can fall into about the devil. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Yeah. They themselves yeah. are equally pleased with both errors. 
they hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's something we should be going looking for, but it's something as Christians we should be ready for. Yeah. And it's part, it's part of preaching the gospel, isn't it? it? It says, heal the sick, yeah. raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. That's Matthew 10. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, how you, that's how you preach the gospel, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. I, I, I think what's remarkable as well is like, when 16 year olds or if there's teenagers in our churches we really cannot judge how much time they're spending with the lord we don't know what they're doing and you might just think oh they're just a kid that kid could be like you were spending an hour a day in worship do you know what i mean like literally you know you know any anyone in our church you know who are we to judge their time with the lord but you know i think it's it's important for us whoever it is whether they're young or old to actually invest in people and, and celebrate them and expect them to have a walk with the Lord and not just think, oh, they're not on the platform, you know. And I think that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this show as well is just get normal everyday stories that are nothing to do with the stage or the platform in a Sunday service. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. uh, you know, that's only 90 minutes a week or two hours a week, isn't it? Our, our church weekend experiences. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's the rest of the week, isn't it, that we, we spend with Jesus. And, um, yeah, it should be an everyday thing, shouldn't it, for us? Yeah, and yeah. I, and I think some people they've 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 uh, limited supernatural experience to a church service. Yeah, when actually the majority of supernatural experience is should be taking place in your everyday life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I I haven't primed you with this question, but is there have have has anyone ever prophesied something over you? that you either already knew or God had already been speaking to you about that just confirmed something that, you know, was just like, you know, sometimes I think God uses prophecy to tell us stuff that we already know, but he does it in a way that's affirming us that actually this is right. You know, is there, is there anything like that that you can think of? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I've been blessed by know, by having so many prophetic people around and it's a, nice. it's a gift. It's a gift from it's a gift from God. It's easy to despise. That's why Paul says, "Don't despise it." Yeah. And it's as easy. And it's, I would encourage anyone who's in that place to just get their heart right because it's like a kiss from heaven when it when it's right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, I was I was leading a, a small church plant for for quite a few years, and I mean, I just been in a season where it was tough going. I was worried about um, burning people out. Right. Wow. And uh, because I'm fairly, and I, I remember saying to God. I feel like I'm fairly, um, you know, I'm able to do this. Um, I'm going to keep doing this until, you know, until you say, but I'm worried about burning people out. And uh, that morning, um, later on in the morning, it was somebody I'd never met before. They just came up to me and said, hey, God's called you to keep going. Uh, you're not burning people out. Wow. And, you know, it was just one of those immediate ones. That I was just like, thank you, God. That was just a confirmation. Yeah. I just, it was like an overflow of my conversation with God from earlier in the morning. Yeah, and it wasn't all so prophetic just, and flowery. You didn't have to interpret it and get out like a you know a poetry book to think, what does this even mean? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think like I think every prophecy like that's amazing, you know. And if you're open to it and you hear it and it's the right thing at the right time, it's just it's the grace of God. It's a gift from God um, for people. So we can. And I don't want to sensationalize prophecy because i think i think it makes it sound something that people can't achieve but actually it's just that willingness yeah. sometimes come on god's yeah. brought something to mind uh, i'm just going to be bold enough to share it with someone 
and we just just speak it and see what happens yeah yeah i i think that's so true it's people add a lot of themselves to prophetic or delivery of the prophetic and can you know make it sound super spiritual but at, at its root it's just we're hanging out with god we learn his voice he speaks to us and we say hey god's saying this you know that's that's really it isn't it yeah. in a nutshell um i just want to yeah, go on go on i was just gonna say and it's amazing see, see when you when you operate in the prophetic mm. and you say i'm just going to do this even if it's not your main gift thing and you feel that urge uh from god to share it there's it's it's great when you get a prophetic word from someone you're like you feel built up and it's like god speaking to you but see when you give someone a word that's just bang on you yeah. equally feel incredibly built up by that oh yeah it's, there's nothing better than when that's uh blessed someone it's been the right word at the right moment for them so yeah it's interesting that you were talking about how you felt this thing in your leg or you've almost got like this body radar of when there's evil spirits I think it's, it's worth worth paying attention to what else is going on when you prophesy as well. Like I remember I, when I was a young one in church, our pastor used to say, if you feel like you've got a word from the Lord, you'll probably feel your heart beating really fast, like you need to get it out, you know. And it, it's true it's, it's true in so many ways. There's so many people who say, oh, I know when I've got a prophetic word because there's something going on in me, you mm. know, whether it just, you know, your heart's fluttering or whatever it is. And a lot of the time, we're like, I don't even really want to give this. Do you know what I mean? But, you you know, you do it yeah. out of obedience, don't you? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I just, I wanted to finish off talking about what's going on at your church right now, because it's 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 really growing. It's really blessed so many people. And I, I wanted to ask you about worship. You, you might not see this coming, but I've watched you guys worship online and there is just such a fire. Like, it was like the whole front row are just bouncing. Everyone was just going for it in worship. And and I, I just, I love it when churches just really understand worship or understand praise. And it, I think a lot of churches will try and get into this, let's hold a pad in the key of E minor, create an atmosphere. And it's almost like they're trying to create what isn't in the room. Whereas you guys seem to, it's, it's almost like the praise has the presence of God in it even more so than anything it was like you just go in and I just I just tell us about your approach to worship Callum because it is so, whether sure. you realize it or not it's so special yeah yeah it's something that we uh, I think we are aware of it we are aware yeah. that it's special and we are and, it, and we feel a, a weight of stewarding that and keeping that precious mm. um, yeah I I, I you know, some some churches ask leaders will ask it. You know, how have you managed to create a culture of worship like this in a church? And honestly, I think it's, it's part of part of the answer. A big part of the answer is just being longevity of being in one place for a long time. Yeah. So, like, my dad's been here for over thirty years. It wasn't always like this. There was certain battles that you kind of had to hit um, mm. to to get there. Um, but yeah, we've just over over years there is just a culture of expectancy. And, and I think, you know, a lot, when I go to some, uh, it's not when I go to some churches, but sometimes I see when when worship is being, some worship is being done, yeah. is that we can appeal to people's souls more than their spirits. Wow, okay, yeah, And yeah. so, you know, we're, hit, we're hitting the key of E minor to create a bit of an atmosphere and to try and, you know, herd people into a place of worship or praise or... To experience God's spirit, you know, I think that's that's more to do with the soul and the spirit. The spirit should be able to. We, we, should, we don't even need a song. No, we don't need a song to praise. 
We can just get in a room with people and start shouting and saying, God, Jesus, we love you. We're here for you. It's, it's a spirit to spirit thing with God. Yeah. And so for us, we've, we've just, we just talk about it. And from the front, we just expect it. We just say, hey, if you're going to be in this church, is it, we're, gonna, we're going for this. And it's yeah. going to be intense. And it's not even to do with style. You know, like, I think you could equally go into a, a traditional church um, that does organ music and people are singing. It's to do with heart. It's to do with your heart. God, I really want to meet you. God, I really want to connect with you. I want to honor you more than than anything else. I, I care more about giving you the honor you deserve than the way I look or what this looks online or yeah. anything like that. I just I just want to be like that. It's so funny because you started off saying about when you were six, you walked into that worship meeting and you just wanted to just love on Jesus you just were aware of him and he needed praise and it is almost like whatever you entered into at the age of six is what you guys carry now you know and even even yeah. for your dad doing all these years in the same places you ever heard the phrase thin places where it's like there's a yes a, you know and I, I, I feel like you've certainly got that in your church where it's just there's just something you've just kept worshiping kept praising and it is a thin place isn't it you know and it's a spiritual place it's not even geographic is it it's a it's just what you guys carry. <laughs> yeah, it? exactly. Exactly. And I, th I think as well, just teaching people, if, if you, we, we could all become thin places Come on. ourselves with God. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't, you know, obviously when we gather together, there's something special about that. God calls us to do it. Um, but there are times, Steve, for me, where I will just sit on my own in silence. Yeah. And I might, and I just, what I do is I just picture myself stepping into the throne room mm. of god and then i'm there i'm That's just so there interesting yeah and yeah. I, it takes a minute 60 seconds and i'm there with i'm there with him it says in john 15 he's the vine we're the branches and we yeah. we have this gift of union with christ that he is yeah. in us and we are in him yeah and, and it's success that thin place is accessible to every single individual every single church yeah. Um, by just simply intentionally saying, God, no, I, right in this moment, mm. I just want to be aware of your presence with me. That's so funny. I do exactly the same thing. See, if you're leading worship and you get distracted for whatever, you know, you can for a minute, you can hear the words coming out of your mouth and you're playing the right chords, but you're not in the zone. I always instantly just picture Jesus on the throne. And I'm just there. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's something yeah. I've done since I was very young. Just picture him on a big white throne. And I just forget everyone yeah. else is in the room. But it's so funny that you said you do the exact same thing. But um, I, th I think it's the best. Yeah, and I, 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 just so you know, I mean, I see the same in you guys. Your heart, I've, I've seen you lead worship. And I see that, that desire, that heart to kind of just take people into the, a place of renewal, refreshing, of yeah. God's spirit, God's blessing. And I just, I just want... I just want to honor you for being someone that's, that carries that in your heart, carries revival, oh, carries a sense of, like, yeah. like we're, going, we're going for that or we're going for nothing. Um, don't yeah. lose it. Don't yeah. lose it. Yeah, amen. That's, that's a great place to finish, Caliber. I'm really excited what God's doing in Scotland. I, I think we're in such a new day and I know the guys who've managed to listen this far through the podcast will be people who are hungry for Jesus, are hungry for the Spirit of God. And you said to me, Satin, earlier about how when we tell a story or a testimony of, of 
what's happened to us in the past, we revisit it. It's like, you know, it's like Jesus does it again. And I really hope that's that's what these podcasts are like. You know, we tell the stories of what Jesus is doing in our life, whether it's meeting a guy at a bus stop and speaking in tongues and having an, a word of knowledge, whether it's just encountering the throne room in worship. Um, I think it's a great place for us to end to just remind people if you've got a story of what God's done in your life or if he's visited you or if there's moments in your in your you know private worship where you just really meet Jesus talk about them because it just it stirs up faith it, you know and it is a revisitation and I I was thinking whenever you talk about a moment where God impacts you it just comes back on you doesn't it you know and uh, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. For the rest of today we're both going to be buzzing oh yeah expected God yeah, it's like they say, iron sharpens iron. And I think when you know, I would say, if you're listening to this, get around Christians who, when you meet them, sparks fly, and that's that's how you start fires, isn't it? You know, uh, I, I sometimes feel sort of a bit sorry for people who say, oh, I feel like I'm called to be like a monk and go off in isolation. I'm like, how are any sparks going to fly? You're going to get dull. Get around Christians, you know. But um, yeah, we'll we'll leave it at, we'll leave it at that. And uh, I'll, I'd love to get you back on another time, Callum. You, you, I, I can't believe you're only 32. You're just, you're just so full of just God and so much in you. And uh, yeah. yeah, well, bless, bless you. Thanks for thanks for having me on, and just bless you guys. Just excited to see what God is doing in you and through you. Amen. Amen. <laughs>